Once was dead in sin, alone in a hopeless A child of life that worked, condemned in darkness Your mercy brought new life, and in your loving kindness Raised me up with Christ, and made me righteous
the themes of come face We'll know that you are holy We'll know that you are holy We will sing our holiday
Thank you, Lord, for your blood that makes us clean, that wipes away all debts, wipes away all sin. If we choose to follow you and accept your son. Thank you, God, for worship. Thank you for this time. In your name, amen. Good morning and welcome to MVCC. We are so glad that you're with us here in our weekend services. We'd love for more than anything else for you to feel a part of the family. So if you're new with us, uh, we'd love for you to take a quick moment and text the word CONNECT to the number on the screen and we'll help you get connected in. You know, serving others is one of the highest privileges that we have at Mission Vale Christian Church. And if you'd like to get involved in one of our ministries or even serving within the community, we encourage you just to text the number on your screen, that same number. And then also you can go to the website if you're looking for a place to serve or to get involved. And even within the community, we have projects going on. We'd love for you to get involved and we'll help you do that. You know, it's one of our values here at MVCC that if you consider this church to be your home, we want this to be our church. Of course, it's the Lord's church, but it's the body. We're all in it together. And financially, I just want to say thank you so much for your support and giving to the Lord and giving to this ministry. And we made it super easy for you to give. You can just go to the website or to the app and follow the directions and it'll help you in giving your financial gifts back to the Lord and for the work of the ministry to continue to move forward. Well, you may be wondering why I'm introducing the message this morning. Um, we're going to be getting to the message out of 2 Peter chapter 1 in just a moment. That was a pre-recorded message from last week, so I didn't get an opportunity to speak into what's happening to our nation, which I'm sure is bringing just sadness, a lot of grief and frustration, and certainly a lot of questions. I just wanted to say, in light of the vision that God has given us to be real, loving, and on mission, this is an opportunity for us to do that very thing. What God has put on my heart is very simple to love, do good, to bless, and to pray for others, and to pray for ourselves. We need, I think you would agree, a spiritual awakening to the gospel of Jesus Christ in our nation. And so I wanna ask you to join with me in praying for our nation, to loving those around us, and even in those uncomfortable areas, and to bless and do good to others. I'd like to just take a moment and pray for our nation, and pray for us in the church, that we would be doing what God wants us to do during this critical time in the United States of America. So Father in heaven, we ask God for your hand to be over us, Lord, as a nation. We're asking for a conviction to come back, God, to us, that Jesus, you're the only way out of this, that you can solve these issues, that you can bring pre peace and love and harmony to us, God. And we just ask that you will bring an awareness that Jesus, you're the one that can bring all this back together. We trust you, we're praying for this, and help us, God, as a church, to do what you've called us to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're starting out the book of 2 Peter today. Totally excited. We're going to be in chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Uh, but before we get there, I want to just take a second and uh, pray 
And then also mention that um, through this message, if you have questions or you want to interact, there's a place that you can do that on the chat column, and uh, we can help you out in any way that we can. Well, let's, let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for the power of your word. I thank you, God, for the power of your Bible. God, we pray that it transcends every heart. We pray, God, that you would challenge us. I thank you, Jesus, that you never stop loving us. I thank you, God, that you've called us into this relationship. And today, God, our desire is to keep growing in that relationship with you and your Holy Spirit. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Just have a question for us before we read that. And the question is, do we really want to live a life that's solid, foundational, and passionate for God? Or do we just want to stay the status quo of life? Now, I, I know that most of us are, of course, man, I want a life that's filled with solid foundation, passionate for God. But the reality is, is we, we are called to participate in that growing relationship with Jesus. And the question I have for us today before we get into this text is, are we really willing to sacrifice what God puts before us as the challenge to live this passionate, on fire, participating, get in the game life with God? You know, as we launch out 2 Peter, um, finishing 1 Peter weeks ago, um, growth is just part of a natural thing. In fact, his writings of this letter to the people at 2 Peter, written from this, the place of Rome, was really about keep going, don't give up. I know there are challenges before you. In fact, there's false teachers that are even creeping into the church, into the teaching of Jesus Christ, and throwing you into confusion but I want you to keep growing. I want you to keep moving forward. So, so today I wanna to talk about being a participant into that passionate love relationship with God. Um, 2 Peter 1, 1 to 4, let's read that and then we'll draw out what I believe God is speaking to us. So verses 1 to 4, if you're following along, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness, through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in this world caused by evil desires. There's just a couple of things in verses 1 to 2 that I want us to take note of that are really important. As we launch out this letter, he gives us some reminders. Remember that Peter was a guy who was not always saying the right thing, sometimes stuck his foot in his mouth. I mean, he was passionate about following Jesus, but at the same time he made mistakes he, he, he launched out too, uh, too eagerly often. Sometimes he even denied Jesus. But with all that, God said, Peter, I can use that. Uh, number one is, I don't want you to forget where you came from and who you are. Never forget how I rescued you from that life of corruption. But I want you to remember, you are a servant of the Most High God. You know that word servant is dynamic in the Greek. It, it really means to be a slave. That word doulos in the Greek means to be in total subjection, total surrender to the master. Of course, our master is Jesus Christ. And when we're in total submission to him, it's then that he can cause this growth, but we must be willing to participate. I, I'm reminded of that word servant when Jesus 
walked into the upper room with his disciples the night before he was to be betrayed and then also crucified, Jesus took a towel and a basin and he served by washing the disciples' feet. That picture, that image, is a lifelong picture for all of us who follow Christ. We are servants of the Most High God. The other thing he wants us just to be reminded of is that we receive this great faith, this great faith in Jesus Christ that is precious. There's no one that can take your faith away from you. And that faith involves eternity. It also reminds us that God has given us in John chapter 10, we have this abundant life. I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. And God wants us to have this life that's just welling up within us because we know Jesus and we love Jesus that we simply want others to know about this amazing relationship that he's given to us, not by works, not by effort, but simply by his love and his grace. And it's for free. That's the amazing thing is he wants us to know you have received Jesus by faith and it's all for free. So in verses three to four, he just kind of progresses here and he gives us an outline. Look, I've given you a power for everything I've called you to do. And because of this power that I've given you, I want you to experience these amazing promises. Now, if you're like me, I've read the promises of God. There are so many in the Bible. In fact, I have a book in my office called The Promises of God. And there's just hundreds of promises that God has made. And I believe those promises. I know those promises are true. But to be honest with you, I want to participate. I want to see those promises activated in my life. I just don't want to read about them and, and hope that someday they'll come true. Lord, some of those promises, man, I, I want to participate with you, God, in seeing these amazing things that you can do. So here's a question. How do we participate and see those promises come alive? And I am so glad you asked that question because it's that where I want to get into the text and, and really take out what God is, is giving to us today, which I believe for 2020, God has something very, very special for us. Um, an example of Jesus being a promise keeper. Uh, let's, just, let's just go to the fact that in 2 Samuel chapter 7, just go there in your mind with me, chapter 7, verse 12, if you want to read that or take a note down. Um, God promised that he would save the world. And then in Acts chapter 13, verses uh, 22 to 23, he fulfilled that promise that Jesus would come to the earth and save us, and trade his life for our life. And then, of course, we see that we would have the ability to receive the Spirit of God, um, all the way laid out in promises through the book of Acts. We see that we would be adopted as sons and daughters of God, that we would literally be grafted into God's family. doesn't matter whether you're Jewish or Gentile, black or white or red or green, slave or free. We are all now one in Christ, and we've been part grafted in as part of his family. So, so we know that God keeps his word. That's just a few examples of God's promises. And God's promises always, always come true. You know when you have somebody make a promise in your life and they come through, they make, they make good on that promise, it, it builds something up. It builds credibility. It builds trust. It builds a bond between you and that other person. And that's why I think God gave us these promises is that it builds that, that bond between God and us. You and God, nothing can break that. So, so here's where I want to go um, this morning with, with this text, and particularly verses 3 to 4. 
Peter in his life, I think, could write these words from the prompting of the Holy Spirit because he had times in his life that were promptings from God that led to a pivotal decision and that later led to the reality of God's promises. I want to say that again because that's where I, I believe God is taking us this morning. He had the promptings from God that were led to the pivotal decision that he made in, in the life of Christ. And then he had the reality of knowing God's promises. I'm just thinking of an example here. When, when Peter was standing with the other apostles and Jesus asked the question, man, who do you guys say that I am? There's lots of talk going on around there. What do you guys say? And it's Peter that launches out, man. He says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And I believe that. Jesus then said to him, God in heaven has revealed this to you. He had a prompting in his spirit related to the truth of God. He, he spoke that out and he, through the prompting, made a pivotal decision to declare, you are the son of God. I believe in you. And then he got to see the promise of God come true. I, I really want us to follow that because there's something powerful about following the prompting of where God is leading us hopefully to a pivotal decision that will be life-changing and then we get to see the promises of God in our life. I'm thinking of another place um, when, when Jesus promised Peter, Peter, I will never leave you. In fact, he told the disciples, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Now, no matter how bad the storm gets of life, I will not leave you guys. Remember that there's this, this incredible storm, this waves are just crashing against the boat and Jesus is, is walking to them on the water and Peter sees Jesus and he says, Lord, if it's you, bid that I could come out to you. And, and we know how it goes. He gets off the side of the boat and he walks on water, man. I mean, what an amazing experience to walk on water, walking towards Jesus. And as soon as he takes his eyes off Jesus, remember, he begins to sink now. But Jesus doesn't leave him. Jesus does not leave Peter. Peter says, Lord, help me. And he's right there. He picks Peter up and he saves Peter and brings him back into the boat. Why I love that is this. He had a prompting, Peter did, to get out of the boat, to participate with Jesus. And as he gets out of the boat, he makes a decision to walk towards Jesus and then he gets to see the promise that Jesus would never leave him, never forsaking. I, I guess what I'm saying this morning is we can easily just read the Bible and we can take God at his word. And certainly he wants us to do that. But when it really becomes fresh and alive and exciting is when we take the prompting God gives us, we step out in faith and make a pivotal decision. It's then that we get to see the promises of God. So, so we looked at you know, Peter's the author. He makes some reminders for us. And then he gives us a progression of thought here that God gives us power for everyday living to live out the life of Christ, which we'll get to next week. But he says, in order to do that, I want you to follow the promises that I give you, that you might participate. So, so we just, we took a, a very small, you know, just broad stroke brush over the life of Peter and saw a couple of places where we see he participated with God through this prompting, this pivotal decision, and now we get to see this promise of God made through. Oh, oh, I forgot one more that was probably the most exciting, that, that, that Peter, when, when Jesus told Peter while he was with him on earth, he said, Peter and to the disciples, you guys will do greater things than I have done. Remember in Acts chapter 4 and 5 when 
Peter and John are walking through the streets of Jerusalem and they see a crippled guy and they say, get up and walk. And the guy was totally healed. I, I, I love that because right there, the prompting that Peter had led him to a pivotal decision to ask him and follow Jesus and ask the man, get up, take your mat and follow Jesus. It just reminds me the promises are true. I, I love that. But I guess where often I don't experience, and, and maybe this relates to you, if you're following Jesus and not experiencing that power, it could be that we're waiting for God to do something and God is waiting on us. He's waiting on the prompting he's given us and then to step out, make a pivotal decision, man, and go for it and follow Jesus and then see the promise of what God, God can do. So I just, I just kind of imagine myself um, here. I just want to go to how this relates to modern day. We, uh, my wife and I have the privilege of just during this interim of leading our young adults ministry. I, I love the young adults age, you know, like 18 to 25, because a lot of times they're just so ready to do something for God. You know, they're just ready to not do the norm. They're, they're, they're still, uh, you know, out of their comfort zone, if you will. And, hey, man, let's go to Mexico and let's build a house. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to Africa and serve the kids that are in need there on the streets. Yeah, let's go. Let's tell our friends about the Lord. Let's study the Bible. They're just so ready to do something. So I just want you to kind of imagine with me, we're in my living room. Uh, I certainly not trying to preach at anybody, man. Let's, I just, I just want to share with you what I believe God is doing in light of what we saw here in verses 1 to 4. And then how does that translate to modern day? So we're in our, we're in our living room with a bunch of young adults, and I'm asking them to ask some questions. Of, you know what, Mike? How, how did you sense that prompting? And, and, and when was it you make a pivotal decision? And how did you see the promise of God? Okay, so I just, I just thought I would, for the sake of, you know, making it happen here, I'm just imagining one of our young adults asked me a question. So here we go. Um, Pastor Mike, ask me about December 1976 when your dad took you to a movie at Newport Theater, Newport Beach, and you were 12 years old and he went to take you to the movie Rocky and you really didn't want to go. I want you to ask me about that. So they asked me the question and here's how I want to relate to Yes, I believe God can meet us anywhere at any time. So I'm 12 years old and my dad um, says, hey, we're going to go to the movie tonight. It's called Rocket. It's about a boxer. I'm like, I don't really want to go see this boxing movie. I'm not really into boxing. And uh, so I, anyway, it's, you know, it's my dad. He's taking him out to the movie. So I'm going to go to the movie. We get in this movie. And I'm sure if those of you who have seen this movie, Rocky, played by, you know, Sylvester Stallone, it just the entire way through the, the, the whole movie, it is just on the edge of your seat. There are so many like challenging moments when, when Rocky Balboa goes the distance with Apollo Creed, you know, who's the champion of the world. What I didn't know is the backstory of how that movie came to existence. Uh, Sylvester Stallone was in Los Angeles. He was not very successful at all. He was a writer and hoped to be screenwriter and even movie producer and actor. He actually went while he was in L.A. He went and watched Muhammad Ali fight uh, uh, Chuck Wepner. Chuck Webner goes the distance uh, uh, with Muhammad Ali, which was really rare to do against the champ. He, Sylvester Stallone, when he went home, was so inspired by that moment that he went home, locked his door, stayed home for three days, never talked to anybody, never went out. For three days, he wrote the script for Rocky, so prompted by that moment. It was such a pivotal decision. He wrote that entire script within the three-day period. 
This is why I believe the movie Rocky is of God, because, you know, three days is significant, you know. Um, when Sylvester Stallone wrote that script and someone heard about it, they offered him $25,000 for that script to make that movie. He said, nope, I just sensed this prompting in me that this is my movie, I'm supposed to direct it, I'm supposed to star in it. Someone offered him 50000 then another offered him $100,000. Then another offered him $360,000 just for the script. He could have taken that money and ran. But he decided, nope, this pivotal moment, I, I, I just feel like I'm supposed to direct it. I'm supposed to play uh, Rocky in this movie, and, and I'm going to do it. But you know how the story goes. In 2017, the Rocky Foundation was worth more than $1.3 billion. And it started with a prompting which led by a pivotal decision. And then Sylvester Stallone got to see this incredible promise played out in his life. Okay, let, let's, let's go to case number two. Um, young adults are seated in my living room and they ask uh, me the question, you know what, uh, Pastor Mike, ask me about, in, uh, uh, it was 1999 on a Wednesday night that um, I met a 14-year-old freshman of high school at a youth night while I was youth pastor in Hawaii, and it was a pivotal moment for me. You may be asking yourself, how in the world could a 14-year-old kid make a pivotal moment in my life? Well, this kid walks in, for, he's a freshman in high school to a youth night that we had. My wife and I were leading high school and junior high students. He was invited by a friend, walks in, and uh, immediately we just started talking and got to know a little bit about his life and spent some time with him, you know, going surfing and hanging out with him. And um, through that experience, I found out that, unfortunately, he was under verbal abuse from his father. His mother basically was non-existent. He was a neglected child. But his parents wanted him to go to, like, Christian school. So they put him in a Christian elementary school, junior high and high school. In all these classes, he's learning about Jesus and the Bible. And he's learning about all these major, like, he's this really intellectual kid. He's learning about all these major moves of God in history. So about 15 years later this experience that I had with this kid of baptizing him and just kind of helping him on his way with God, I just have this prompting to call this kid and say, hey, Derek, how you doing, man? And he just begins to tell me about these amazing things that God is doing in his life. He's getting married. He's got these, these aspirations of working in this company. And then I said, man, tell me about some of the stuff you learned in your classes. He just starts telling me about the Moravians and about um, people in New York City in the early uh, 1900s, about the Moravians, how they left God and were so void of God. And these, God did these massive revivals and they're willing to give their lives for Jesus Christ. And he just began to give all these stories and promptings that he had read about. It so prompted me and, and, and gave me inspiration to make a pivotal decision that I was going to start this study about revivals and moves of God and, and God can do amazing things over a group of people or a person over a city. And then here we come, landing in Mission Viejo in the year 2000, believing that God has a specific promise for the city of Mission Viejo to land on us and make a major, major revival, which I believe we are in the middle of right now. Okay, case number three. Um, I just asked these uh, young adults, uh, third person, um, ask me about Hilo, Hawaii, the big island, in 1995 when it was raining for six days straight and we went over there for a pastor's conference and it led to a pivotal decision where we were basically locked in this church building for days. 
my, my buddy and I go over to Hilo and we go into this, this conference. Literally, it was pouring for like six days straight. Don't even remember the exact number of days. It just felt like it never stopped. And we're in the middle of this worship service. And I remember as we're worshiping, and the reason I bring this up is this pastor had been such a pastor of prayer and worship and seeking God. You just sense the presence of God in this place. So as I'm standing there next to an elderly woman who's seated in a wheelchair, as we're worshiping, I'm sensing that God is prompting me just to lean over and just gently give her a hug, this elderly woman in this wheelchair, and just tell her that this hug is from God. I have to tell you that I didn't follow that prompting. And unfortunately, in that moment, I never got to see the promise of what might have happened. Maybe she was at a really difficult point in her life. Maybe she was at a place where she just needed to be reassured that God loved her. That would be an example of sometimes missing the prompting and missing that pivotal moment and missing where God wanted to land on that promise. So um, maybe just, just one more here for the sake of time. Uh, we're in this room with all these college students and, um, and I'm asking one of them to ask me, ask me about November 2019 when I'm feeling prompted almost every time I get in prayer with a group of people for an entire six month period, ask me about every time in prayer that it just feels like in Mission Viejo and the surrounding areas, we need to be uncomfortable. We're, we've gotten way too comfortable with our faith. We got people that in our city that are just so void of God and going about their lives, missing a relationship with God. It, it just seems like we need the foundation to be shaken. And of course, six months later, you know how it goes. We're in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic where I, I just believe that God is hitting the pause button so that we can return back to the things of God and the things that are important. And, and just to say that I just believe that God has started something. We, we not hit the middle of it. I just believe that there's a prompting in our spirit to then obey, to abide in God, to obey his word. And then thirdly, to see the promise of thousands of people, hopefully thousands of people finding Jesus Christ, returning back to the church. Those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ, we are so on fire for our faith and so on fire for the word that may nothing can hold us down. Th these are the things that, that we dream of. These are the things that we believe God can do in watching the promises and played out in the word. So at the end of the day, how do we do this? How do, getting back to first or second Peter chapter one, he says that through these, he has given us his very great precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Man, so thankful that we have escaped living the way we used to. Now we get to live with Jesus, but experiencing those promises, how do we do that? Well, number one is this. We got to get in relationship with God. You can't try and do this. It's nothing we, we make shift on our own effort. We get in relationship with Jesus Christ by receiving him, by believing in him, and by simply following then after we've believed. We believe that Jesus is the Christ. We believe that he's God in flesh. We believe the Bible's true that he came down and died on a cross, which essentially means he traded his life for your life, which means on that day when you take your last breath on earth, you don't die spiritually. You're gonna live on forever with Jesus. 
because you have believed and then received the grace of God. Lord, forgive me for all the things I've done wrong. I want to make it right with you. Now we just follow him. Man, I tell you, getting in that relationship, there's nothing better. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, if we are following Jesus, I got to learn to start listening to the promptings of God. When he tells us to do something, we want to do that. We want to experience those promises. I don't want to just read about the promises. I want to walk in it. So the question is, how do I know when that prompting is from God? I think very simply, we check it out, number three, with the Word of God. Check it out with the Bible. Does, it, does what God seems to be prompting me to do, does it align itself with the Word? Going back to that illustration that I had, um, the elderly woman that I believe God wanted me to just go over there and just give her a hug and tell her it's from God. I, I, I just truly believe that that's part of what Jesus tells, tells us to do is just love people where they're at. And so we want to make sure we're looking to the Word of God. That's why it's so important that we read the Word, read the Word, read the Word. And then, of course, the last one is look, looking for God's promptings. And there, I just think there's opportunities everywhere we are. And when we follow those promptings, following Jesus, it, Jesus is, is crazy good. I mean, it, who knows what's going to happen? That's what makes the Christian life so exciting. It's not sitting on the sidelines waiting for something to happen. It's participating, like it says here in verse 4, participating in the prompting, stepping out in those pivotal moments, and then we get to experience the promise of God. God is amazing. I hope this has been helpful for you. And just to let you know, we're, we're making our way through 2 Peter week after week. I hope we'll see you here again. And if this has been helpful for you, well, I just really want to encourage you to share this on social media. We'll see you again next week in the book of 2 Peter.